Hey everybody, it's Dave here, Darren over there, where your two old bloggers been commenting publicly on the Minnesota Vikings for over two decades apiece, and we continue to do so. Why? Because we'd like to win one before we die. That's why today we have three themes as usual. First one, are all those trade rumors for Trey Lance true? Could they be? Would it make sense? We'll get into that. It might, it might not. Who knows? Secondly, we're going to get into, Darren want to touch on the one cornerback we did sign to make <laughs> six in the room. And that is Mr. Williams from the New England Patriots. We will see how Jawan will fare when he works under new defensive coordinator, Brian Flores. And thirdly, because we're going to do all three themes today, we're going to look, do the final volley, the final set of targets to annihilate before we get into the draft, which starts Thursday night for your Minnesota Vikings before they trade out of round one. We'll see who are those targets that they can actually take not only in round one, but in further rounds. Next, on Two Old Blockers. Vikings First and Skull presents This Week in Vikings Land with Darren and Dave, your two old bloggers. And we're back, and you are in the chat. We welcome that every time we go live. This is Dave Stefano, one of the two old bloggers on Next to Me. And way up north is Darren Campbell, the man of renown, owner of Grant's Tomb, the one and only, and also, <laughs> I'm trying to remember the other one off the top of my head. What is it, Darren? It was Kick-Ass Blog. Kick-Ass Blog. Once upon a time. Once me, upon and, time. me and Joe Fisher, a.k.a. Yes. Pacifist Viking. Oh, that was fantastic. Uh, absolutely love it. If you want to go back in the Wayback Machine and check out those blogs, they are outstanding. Um, what happened to Pacifist Blog? Uh, Pacifist Viking. I don't think he's writing anymore, Dave. Uh, uh, he was uh, he was getting very heavy into fantasy football. That was his big okay. big thing. Uh, so I think he was trying to dominate on fantasy football, and uh, also he's a professor at I think Wisconsin Lacrosse University. Uh, which uh, just just over the border from Minnesota, even though he lived in St. Paul. Anyway, I, I, yeah, not, I think he's still, still professoring. Around. We need to yeah. get him on the show. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Contact him yeah. and say, hey, we want to have you guess this, you know, upcoming weekend. And let's talk about the Vikings. Um, I want to thank everybody that's joined us. We have Yogi. Uh, There's a good day for a peek at Nick. Um, MWO, Justin, cracking open a couple of cold ones. Good for you. Uh, one of my favorite country songs talks about a pair and a guy who had a great beer marketing campaign. I'll let you fill that in because we can't say it on air, but it's a wonderful idea. Davey Chains, good to see you here. And uh, I'm missing your video. I've got to see that later. Uh, what we're talking about is one bar Lupkus are asking for fan videos on what we're going to do in the first round. I owe them one myself. Mm -hmm. Bob Swede, 
Welcome to the show, my friend. The show that never ends. The Minnesota Vikings. The team that makes me drink. That's the one. We're going to talk about it next. We flip over here till we get to our main part of the show where we talk about the Vikings. As usual, three themes. We titled this one, Could Trey Lance to the Minnesota Vikings Rumor Be True? It's an interesting thing to think about. That is keeps popping up. And it keeps popping up. It's the rumor that never goes away. <laughs> and I guess there's, what was it? Uh, my old boy Digsy here used to say, there's truth to all rumors. Mm-hmm. Let's go with theme one. <laughs> Trading for Trey. <laughs> the old guys from the Muppet Show up in the balcony. <laughs> Classic. This is what you wanted to talk about, my friend. It first started with Vikings fan Mike Florio. And from this picture that I made this uh, sort of artistically rendered image from, to his right, on the wall next to his bowling machine is a big Norseman plaque. Ah. Yeah, Flor- Florio is a Vikings fan. And uh, he uh, he, uh, he got people in the Vikings media and Vikings fans, he got them to sit up and take notice this week because he, he had a little snippet on Pro Football Talk, the website that he created and, and runs. And it's gone national and international since its humble beginnings. Uh, but uh, he, 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 he had a nugget that, that the, the Vikings and the 49ers had talked about Lance, uh, Trey Lance at the NFL Combine. Uh, we don't know what they talked about, but we assume that they'd be talking about moving, <laughs> about acquiring. Why else would they reason. talk to him about Trey Lance? Yeah, that's you know, right. Besides, how's he doing? You know? Yes. Which we they care don't, about the him. Well, why do they <laughs> care about him? And uh, the, that story also said that it, it, the source said that it, it wasn't clear yet whether that was still, they were still talking about it, but they had talked about him at the combine. And this is a rumor that just keeps on popping up. Uh, at, at the beginning of the off season, there was rumors and speculation that, that, that about uh, before the Cousins contract situation got a little bit uh I wouldn't say resolve, but they, they did some restructuring and, and save some cap space. But there was some talk about how uh, there was going to be a, a Cousins for Lance swap. Um, and, you know, he, he, the, 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 um, all the elements were there. The Vikings need a succession plan from Kirk Cousins, who turns 35 in August, and he's not going to – and he's no spring chicken. Uh, and, that, and the other thing is that Kyle Shanahan has always loved Kirk Cousins uh, and – and with a, Brock Purdy, a special kind of man love, yes, yes. And with Brock Purdy getting injured, potentially getting Tommy uh, having to having to get Tommy John surgery that didn't end up happening. Uh, there was uh, questions about whether Purdy would be available. Uh, so bring in Cousins, uh, an established guy, um, and it, it just keeps on popping up. So um, like a bad know, rash sometimes. 
Yeah, a bad, a bad rash. So there's there's some dots you can connect there, and and people continue to connect them. Um, I, you know, I, who knows what uh, how real that is or not? But like Dixie said, there is truth to all rumors, and when there's smoke, there's fire, that sort of thing. So this is something I guess to monitor. But but Florio's uh, article kind of made it pop up a bit more. Um, what was yeah. also yeah when you get yeah. national press. You know, it does. It tends to do that. But he's not the but, only one. And we'll get into that. No, that's right. Uh, what was interesting is uh, is that Bill Barnwell from uh, ESPN, um, he wrote an article where he did, uh, you know, it's kind of a pure fantasy thing, but he he had wrote an article where he makes a trade for every team in the first round. So every, every first round pick is based on a trade. And he came up with uh, a... Uh, a, a trade that the Vikings do with the 49ers that actually, um, you know, it, it makes sense. The, the thing that was always bothered me about the, the cousins for, for trading cousins for Lance was that if the Vikings traded cousins, they were going to eat a ton of, 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 you know, dead cap there. Like it was 38 million or something crazy like that. I don't think the Wolves would go for that sort of a deal um, is, you know, even as deep pockets as they have. No, they don't. But the Barn- Barnwell's deal, again, probably has no basis in reality at all. But he, he, he came up with a deal that actually makes sense. Uh, what he, in his article, what he had was the Vikings would trade with the 49ers. The Vikings would trade the number 23 all overall pick and backup quarterback Nick Mullins. And they would get Trey Lance, as well as picks the 49ers pick 99, 101, and 102. So the Vikings would, with that trade, would be out of the first round. They wouldn't have a second round pick, but they have a bunch of third round picks and they get Trey Lance. Uh, and the, the other side of the trade was that then the Vikings trade with the Eagles. They trade their 99th pick and their 101st to the Eagles, and they get the Eagles 63rd overall pick, which is in the second round. So that deal and that deal, they get Lance. Uh, they at least get one pick in, in, in the first two rounds instead of being shut out until the, the third round completely. And, um, and they'd still, with all those trades, would still have the same amount of picks, five, that they currently have. Um, so, it, you know, it kind of makes sense because, uh, again, you need a succession plan for Kirk Cousins. You get Trey Lance, a kid who's only going to be 23, uh, you know, later this spring. Uh, he's also from Minnesota, which everybody knows, so he gets to come back home. And you get to keep Kirk Cousins for that year. So Lance doesn't have to come in and start right away. And you got Cousins, a guy that can, he can, he, you know what he, what he is. You know, he can come in and run your offense in 2023. He can run it well and he'll keep you competitive for a playoff spot, which with Lance and his inexperience, uh, that is not as, as certain. Um, so again, who knows what the basis of re- this, this is one of Barnwell cooking up a, a trade scenario, but it, it made sense, uh, but, but it, it, it's, it's not happening. He's an NFL.com insider. He may hear things. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting proposition. Now, how do you think Kirk Cousins and moreover, Kevin O'Connell would deal with Trey Lance on the team. Well, I did like Kirk Cousins is is a pro. He's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna work hard. He's gonna be respectful of Trey Lance. He's gonna try to help him all all that he can because that's been the guy that Kirk Cousins has been 
since he's been with Minnesota. Nobody's complained about him being an idiot uh, and being uh, uh, a guy who uh, withholds his favors when it comes yeah. to helping out players. He's a, he's a team guy. He does what, you know, he toes the line. He does what he's told. So I don't think that he'd give uh, Trey Lance the cold shoulder. I think he'd be as helpful as he possibly could. He could also, partly because he knows if, if he were to miss a game or two, uh, he wants Lance to be as prepared as possible if he has to play in those games and help the Vikings win. Uh, so that's what I think Cousins would do. And for Con- O'Connell, O'Connell would, he'd manage it, right? But but uh, he'd be able to work us, you know, make it clear what's expected of Cousins uh, and what's expected of Lance. It would be a very tricky thing because by bringing in Lance, you're basically telling Cousins, Kirk, it's been great these past two years, but in this 2024. This is the last year. Play for your next last- contract. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Cousins is going to do that. He's going to get his money. But, and basically, you know, that, they've I, already told them, play for your next contract. Yeah, I think it would be pretty, it would be a difficult, a bit of a, a difficult thing for O'Connell, Lance, and Cousins to um, deal with during the season because every time they have media availability, or lots of times, this is going to get brought up. You know, how are you doing with each other? What's the plan going forward? Kurt, do you want to stay in Minnesota in 2024? Trey, you know, do you feel you're ready? Kevin O'Connell, we get all, asked all kinds of questions about how the two are coexisting, what his plan is in 2024. Uh, and I think that's that's one of the reasons why this trade would <laughs> is not going to happen. But the, the thing that bugs me, I guess, and worries me the most about the whole Lance coming to Minnesota thing is, is – do we really know uh, how good Trey Lance is? Is he really the franchise guy or even just a solid NFL quarterback that you can win with and keep you competitive? He, you know, I think that's a huge question mark. Uh, Lance has barely played since 2019. He had one college game in 2020. Then he went into the draft. He played two games or he started two games in 2021 as a rookie for the 49ers last year, he was the starter and got and started two games. And, uh, and then he was got injured with the, with the, you know, the leg knee thing. And he was out for the, the rest of the year as a pro career. He's appeared in eight games. He's had four starts. He's got a 54.9% completion percentage uh, in 102 attempts. Yeah. But you gotta remember one of those was in a monsoon in Chicago. True, 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 true. But in even in his and it's it's tough because in his rookie year he's a rookie he had sporadic play he was in a little bit not very much had a couple of starts but uh, and and coming out of college it, it was acknowledged that he was a bit raw he needed some de- development time he, he was best suited to sit behind an established starter for a year or maybe two and and learn the game because he had so few even very few college snaps uh, but I think this is all a bit of an issue a small sample size like I said but that. Poor completion percentage is a bit of a worry. Five touchdowns, three interceptions thrown. Um, we know he's big. We know he's fast. We know he's got a very good arm. But if that were, but that's not all, as you, Dave, you know, and as everybody who watches the show knows, that's not all. That's you need more than that to be a right. great franchise quarterback. You got to be uh, able to. Who is the quarterback we brought in and played against the Giants and launched balls into the stands? Um, Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman. Josh. Yes, Josh Freeman fell under the category. He's big, he's got a great arm, and he absolutely launched balls into the stands all that one game, and it was a mistake. Yes, now, whether Trey Lance is or not, I don't know. We all were high on him coming out of North Dakota State. There's 
tons of potential, 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 and we all know what happens to potential. It becomes impotent, um, <laughs> or it can be. It's just, it's an interesting, interesting thought exercise. What would the Vikings be like, and could they develop him? Now, the one thing you haven't mentioned, he's got two years under his contract already. Yes. You'd get two more years under that rookie contract and then the fifth-year option if you wanted to go for it. Right? Everybody talks about, well, if we draft a rookie, we've got him for that four years plus the fifth-year option. You have that time to build up the rest of the team. That's the whole idea. If you find that one rookie con or one rookie quarterback that can take you all the way, that special guy, that Pat Mahomes, right? If you can find that guy that builds up your team and keeps you in a strong position to compete for multiple, multiple years, because you can, with the buildup of the, the team, you've got them under contract for years. It just doesn't go on beyond what, you know, when the quarterback hits his sixth year and you've got to pay him. It is interesting that, to me, that you could take him and you've got, like they said, the two years left on his rookie contract, third-year rookie option as an evaluation period. If it didn't work out, you could chunk him after that, right? If he never does develop into what was promised or what is seen as his potential, if he's impotent and doesn't never reach that, you can, and we can start all over again, right? Compare that to a rookie, one of the high-end rookies in this year's draft. Whether you take um, Stroud or um, Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Well, even Will Levis, um, you know, Will those guys get you as much? They all have potential, but what is their potential limit? Um, Anderson obviously has a huge, AR-15 has huge potential limit, but his base is way down here. AR reminds me of Trey Lance, where his base is down here, but his potential is way up here. Will he ever make it? If you take one of those guys, you don't just have two years and then the fifth year. You have all four years in a fifth-year option. But what when you measure the costs, is Trey Lance cheaper, uh, a better bet because it is cheaper. You lose less um, over the long run. And if you hit, you're great. If you don't, you know, you're shot. But that goes for AR-15 as well or TJ Stroud or any of them. Any of them, yep. I, the other thing that gives me pause with Lance Dave is just that uh, when, again, uh, his, his, the, the amount he's played in two seasons has been pretty minimal, like four starts. And one of those starts, like you said, was in the monsoon at Soldier Field, and no quarterback could look good in those conditions. No. But, but even when he has been in, uh, I, he, when Brock Purdy came in, a different part of the season and perhaps a little bit different. 49ers team they were maybe a little bit healthier than than they were at the start of the year but uh, he looked like a far superior quarterback 
a more of a pro quarterback than Lance has in the time that he's played. And he's a seventh round pick. So if Lance can't outperform Brock Purdy and, and, you know, maybe Brock Purdy was drafted way lower than he should have been. It's looking that way, but that, you know, that gives me pause. And, uh, you know, the Vikings, again, they need a succession plan at quarterback for cousins. Uh, they, and they need to come up with that plan and start making that plan this year, maybe, or at least next year. Uh, the options aren't all that great. Um, so they've got to do something. Maybe this is going to be the something, but with the way Lance has played and when he's played, his inexperience, even with his tools, you know, I'd be I'd be pretty reluctant to take a gamble and give up a lot to to get him, uh, like what the Vikings likely would have to do in this case. You know, if you're if the if the if the cost was minimal or you know, uh, you know reasonable, uh, I you know that's something I might be willing to take a swing at. But in the forty nine. Yeah, but the, the 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 49ers, you know, they gave up lots to get Lance, and they're going to want to get something back for him. Uh, well, that's and, why uh, I brought up this image. And yeah. Justin also brought it up. He doesn't think Lance comes without Cousins going. The, the theory is the 49ers have a Super Bowl-ready built team right now minus the quarterback. They're hoping Purdy will be the guy, but Purdy's coming off of – like we said, Tommy John surgery. Tommy's John. He didn't, he didn't actually. He didn't actually have Tommy John surgery. It was. He did have surgery, but it wasn't Tommy John surgery. Well, that's a shame because Tommy John surgery was what got Elway over the hump <laughs> to the Super Bowl. Um, but overcoming surgery, they're hoping he will be the guy. Well, until he's ready to play, and there's still questions on whether he'll be ready to play at the beginning of the season. They need somebody. And, of course, that man over there, Mr. Kirk Cousins, would be the perfect person for that if they do a swap. Now, I don't suspect that they're going to do a swap. That's just some of the speculation that's out there. I see a lot of better uh, Yogi talking about Matt Corral being a better choice. Um, I don't see him doing the swap. But at least if they did this trade, I think the process, if you're grading the process, the whole idea of going for a younger, better quarterback in the long run that could take us is the right thing to do. I get, I so would you, applaud that. Whether you you're, you'd be in favor. I, I'm, I'm for the trade. I'm also, mm-hmm. hey, I... If Matt Corral, Yogi's talking about Matt Corral. Um, yes, they have Sam Darnold, uh, but you know Sam Darnold's not going to take him. He's not that. He's not the guy that you can trust or that's going to be trusted to run the offense oh, no. the way they want it. Kirk Cousins would be. Um, but the process of going for that quarterback, whether it be Lance, whether it be jumping up to spot three and taking which one of the top three quarterbacks drop, whatever it is, that is the right move because the Vikings are going for making that, you know, taking that effort to going for that next piece that wins, right? That one piece that puts you above that, quote, franchise quarterback and Kirk, you know, technically is a franchise quarterback, but does he make us win? 
yeah, he gets us to the playoffs, and then, you know, on average, we're one and done. Yeah, he won one game against New Orleans, and that was wonderful because we all love beating New Orleans. But you need that next guy. You need that next franchise quarterback. You need that next Fran Tarkington. And it's been that long since we've had one that can take us all the way up there. Uh, we wanted, of course, Dante Culpepper to do such, and then he blew out his knee, and that was a wonderful thing. Uh, not blowing out his knee, but the, he was there and how good the team got. But it's – we've wanted that. Even with Brett Favre in 2009, the magical season, that was wonderful. We should have been in the Super Bowl, without a doubt, if Chile hadn't done some stupid things and Brett Favre hadn't thrown against us across the field. You know, well, yeah, drag it up again, Dave. Drag and it up Adrian again. Peterson had fumbled. Hey, all those things, yes. So, but we need to go for that guy. The right answer is always go for that guy that gives you the chance to do that. And right now, I don't think Kirk Cousins is that guy that can do that. I think at his age, he's going to be falling off the cliff shortly. I think we saw signs of that downhill slide. And trust me. I'm almost 60. I'm starting to see that downhill slide. I know what it feels like. It's it's coming, and we need to go for that. So, um, Joseph says, stop expecting the Vikings trip. Joseph, I don't expect them to trade up. If anything, I expect them to trade out of round one. That's if we're and we'll get into the draft more, especially in theme three. If any predictions come, my prediction is they trade out of draft one entirely and we'll all be just doing nothing but getting drunk on Thursday night. So, <laughs> um, that's going to help them. Uh, also, Friday and Saturday. True <laughs> <laughs> well, me. Uh, Davey says Culpepper beat the Packers in the playoffs. Hey, that's a great thing. Uh, Ponder, if you remember Ponder, Ponder got us to the playoffs and Adrian Peterson beat the Pack too. Um, but it's not the same. So is Trey Lance the guy? Is he worth it? It's a roll of the dice, and it's one that has, you know, if you look at the prospectus, like if you're investing in stocks, speaking of investing in stocks, didn't a certain GM we have do that? Um, the <laughs> upside is big, but also so is the downside. So, do you think it happens, Darren? Well, I don't. Give me your percent chance. Uh, I think it's zero percent that they're okay. going to trade for him. If I, if I don't think it's going to happen, then I got to say zero percent. <laughs> if I thought it was going to happen, I'd say a hundred percent. Yeah, I give it. I give it the low, eh, maybe fifteen percent ish, maybe. We'll but see. you. you I mean, I, I I know where you're coming from, and I uh, and I think, that, like you said, like of all the of all the moves and all the positions, you gotta you gotta want. You know, if you nail the quarterback position, that gives you uh, you know a huge leg up on on getting to the Super Bowl, on winning the Super Bowl, and then we don't quite have that uh, as as good as Kirk Cousins has played, you know, in the past couple of seasons, uh, and he hasn't had the best team behind him. Uh, but yeah. Um, and yeah, if if you feel like Trey Lance could be the guy, and you're confident you can develop him, then maybe you do make that deal that Bill Barmel was talking about, or even maybe give up a little bit more because of how important it is to to get 
you know, a franchise quarterback, which, as you said, we haven't had in a long, long time. Long, and it's been a long, long time since the Vikings even got to the Super Bowl. So maybe the two are related a little. A little bit on the theme, too. Now we're going to a little bit of draft talk when it comes to trading and stuff like that and how could it affect the draft. We're going to have draft talk in theme three with our final targets before we go into the draft on Thursday. But first, we want to cover, is he any good? (laughs) Mr. Williams, who we signed right before last week's show. We brought it up that we signed him, but we didn't go into it. So let's see if he is any good. Corners are taking over for Irv Smith Jr. is my most uh, my favorite topic on this show, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> uh, well, it's okay. a needed one. We have yeah, six. It is. I've said, I've emphasized we need at least 10 in a room. And of the six, how many sure starters do we have? One. One. Yep. And it's not that he's great. He's good. But not that he's great. We have one because Evans and Booth are still relatively question marks. Yes, they are. And uh, we, we talked about it last week, uh, or I talked about it last week, and I've had about my concerns about the cornerback unit. Like I said, we 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 had we had five uh, going. You know, when we went on the show last week, you need at least ten to get you through training camp and off season before you start cutting down to the the final fifty three. Uh, so we, we before as of last week, Quasi uh, Dovamensa had a lot of work to do. He had to bring in five more corners to get that room where you needed to be numbers wise for the off season and training camp. Uh, and then uh, he did something a little bit something about it. With, by training for Joan Williams, uh, ex New England Patriot, and uh, a, a guy, and so we brought him in, uh, signed him to a one-year deal. It's a uh, just just a shade over a million bucks a year, and only twenty-five thousand guaranteed. Uh, so uh, you know, they, and the question is, how you know who is Joan Williams for one thing? Could he be any good? Is he any good? Uh, that was the, the questions that went around because he was not a household name, uh, I, I don't think, unless you're a huge, huge football fan and, and watch all the teams and their rosters closely. Uh, I try to watch all teams' rosters closely, but uh, Juwan Williams was not a name that really, uh, you know, I kind of recognized it, but he wasn't a guy where I said, oh, yeah, I know that guy. So we, you start looking into it. Well, uh, first off, very he was a high draft pick. He was the 13th pick in the second round in 2019 by the Patriots. Um, but in his four years with the Patriots, uh, he did not really carve out, uh, was not able to carve out a role that would be commiserate with his, his draft position. Played 38 of a possible 68 regular season and, and playoff games. Uh, when opponents, uh, opponents uh, got opposing quarterbacks, had a 113.4 quarterback rating when throwing at him during his season. Uh, that ain't good. No interceptions no. in his career, uh, but uh, hey, he's six foot three, two hundred and twelve pounds. He's a big he's guy. Mm-hmm. He's got a, he's got size. Um, he did have he he did have potential uh, because the Patriots and Bill Belichick, who's no dummy, 
picked him in the second round. So they thought that he had some potential there. And um, uh, any plays, uh, he's a press corner. He's a man-to-man guy. That was what he did well, uh, which is something that the Vikings currently under Brian Flores covet, I think. So uh, there is there is promise there. There is upside there. But he just hasn't been able to, to get it together, hasn't uh, – hasn't been able to put it together yet. And really at, uh, in his four years with the Patriots and last year, uh, there was, he was playing so poorly that it, there was a pretty good chance he was going to get cut uh, when the Patriots uh, picked their final 53 in his final preseason game against the New York giants. He played most of the game and he gave up three touchdowns on four targets. Uh, so he really struggled, but in that game, he hurt his shoulder and ended up he got put on IR and he didn't play at all last season. Um, when <laughs> when I'm looking at uh, when, when you go looking at when I was looking at some of the Patriots uh, fan sites after Williams got signed by the Vikings, uh, there was nobody on there who was sorry to see Juwan Williams go, which is always an indication of it the is. kind of player that that you are getting. That's why I have Darren as my partner. He's the smart one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh again there is upside there the the six foot three the 212 pounds he's got very long arms so he's a long tall corner again he's press a uh, press guy press press man to man guy and um when uh, nfl i was just looking at his college uh, scouting reports and, and nfl.com uh when during his 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 um, draft year in 2019 they gave him a 6.30 player rating which means uh Eventually, he will be a solid starter. Well, for the Vikings, with their problems at corner right now and the question marks, a solid starter would be welcome. <laughs> you know, uh, And uh, I'll, I'll just – Lance Zierlein was the guy who did the scouting report on him, and I'll just read out his, his, his scouting report on Williams. Long press corner who has shown the ability to use his size and aggression as a zealot in contested catch battles. While he has the traits to build upon, the Georgia game shined a light on his press – uh, inefficiency, lack of speed, and inconsistent ball skills with his uh, back to the quarterback. Coaching and scheme can improve or uh, cover some of these issues, some of these areas. If his technique catches up with his traits, uh, the, the, you know, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, the, and the play demeanor, the play demeanor and talent should make him a solid NFL starter. Well, it doesn't look like after four years that, the technique that, that the coaching was able to cover or improve on him. And the technique didn't catch up with the traits. And if Bill Belichick can't get the best out of you, I'm not really sure who can. But, again, the upside. Uh, the, the other thing that uh, I should mention is that that's not in what is Williams' favor is that he ran a 4.6440 at the NFL Combine, which, Dave, if you and I did that in a 40, we'd be thrilled. But for an NFL corner, that is really, really slow. And I don't know if, if you're running at that speed, whether you can keep up with just about any wide receiver in the NFL. So that's an issue. But um, he was able to cover up for it at Vanderbilt. Are you old enough to remember the $6 million man? I am, yes. I watched, watched it all the time. Remember, they used to film it in slow motion. Yes. Yeah. That that's what came to mind when I was thinking of Jawan Williams. And we may have to play that this year if we see it. Yeah. Maybe. 
but, but he's a he's a guy that the, the, you know, the size we talked last week about how Quasi Dofamensa and, and the teams that he's been uh, been on they of the majority of the corners that they have drafted have been six feet or taller. Well, Joan Williams is six, three, he meets that bar. Uh, And Brian Flores is here. He like, he wants corners that play press man to man. That is what Joan Williams did well at Vanderbilt coming out of college. Uh, So new, new, new city, new team, new scheme, new coaching staff that he's under with Brian Flores leading that. Uh, So maybe there is a chance that, that Williams with a fresh start and a new coaching staff and a new scheme, defensive scheme can, uh, you know, reach at least, you know, reach the potential that he showed at Vanderbilt and coming into the and co- coming into the 2019 draft when he got picked in the second round. Um, and I was, I was listening to a podcast this weekend who had an ex Patriot player on it, um, who became an army ranger just besides the deal. Um, and he won a Super Bowl with the uh, Patriots, and he said, "Not all players got along or got melded with the Patriot way, as they called it, the Bill Belichick yep. deal um, of the hard work and all the other stuff." This may be the right thing for Jawan Williams to come and get a fresh new start. Now he's getting it from a Patriots disciple, yes, right, and Brian Flores. But it may just be that the whole attitude change and the kumbaya that goes on with our present <laughs> team and present regime may be just what he needs. So we don't know. Niner sickness. Welcome to the podcast you missed theme one, where we talked about your boy. Trey Lance. Mary, great to see you. I hope you are feeling better. Um, the thing about the Williams is that uh, with all they getting back to him, and yes, nice to see Mary back after a little bit of a hiatus, but but the, Williams has got the traits that the Vikings are looking for, I think, in their corners, except he hasn't played very well. But um, with all the question marks that we I have with at the Viking cornerback unit, other than Byron Murphy. And even he's kind of a little bit of a question mark to me. Uh, Williams is a guy that I'm going to be interested in seeing how he fares in the off season and training camp and preseason. Um, he's, he's a guy who I don't think is even guaranteed a roster spot, particularly with the guaranteed money. That's, which is basically nothing, 25,000, but uh, they, we've got so much, so many question marks at the cornerback position. If I'm going to be monitoring this guy because of, the six three, the long arms, and his ability to play press and man to man, and and maybe he can be one of those surprise guys that his potential gets unlocked in Minnesota, and he becomes a, a real asset and an unexpected asset uh, for the Vikings at the cornerback unit. And and looking at the the cornerback room right now, we need some guys like Williams to outperform what they have already done uh, previously in in their NFL careers. Now, does Williams remind you of Cam Dantzler? He, uh, well, he's, he's bigger than Cam. He's yeah, he's, he is bigger weight wise and, uh, about an inch taller, but, uh, but you know, six, three and two twelve is you, you see the pictures of Williams. He's kind of a, he looks almost kind of thin too, <laughs> right? Like not, not a bulked up guy. Um, but he does kind of remind me of him at least physically. 
Uh, but this whole thing, though, with getting Williams, I guess, is uh, that makes to me that oh, Dave, I don't know about you, but that almost makes the release of Dantzler uh, seem a little bit odd uh, because Dantzler is the same age. He's uh, shown so far in his career that he's a better player than Williams. And if he wouldn't have been pay- getting paid much more than this year, if he was still on the Vikings, than what Williams is getting right now. But then you release Dantzler and you bring in a guy who's a lesser player. Um, I don't know, maybe if you kept Dantzler, you wouldn't have to to try to, you know, make a gamble on a guy like Williams. And it, which begs question questions of why they released Dantzler. Wondering if there's a backstory there we don't know yeah, about. Yeah, that's, that's right, yeah. Um, but I found it interesting when I saw you put that in the notes. Quasi's got a thing to do. He's got to – he obviously approved this. He went for it. He's the final say, no matter what, whoever drives this sort of thing. Um, and you got to think that Flores, maybe he didn't think much of Dantzler either. Mm-hmm. Uh, MWO, thanks for that. Uh, help us with our beer money. Actually, that is to subscribe to our podcast. We got our first paychecks this last week. Um, yeah, we got earned a little over a dollar. So uh, we didn't even pay for that first beer. We've got to get those numbers up on the podcast side. So whatever you do, make sure, even if you watch this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, ring the bell. That helps the YouTube algorithm get us out to all of Vikings land. Like we say, we comment on them every week. But also, if you can't watch us live on YouTube, also, download the podcast. You can re-listen on during the week as you're going to work, during a lunch break, when your boss is going, wah, 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 you've got it in your headset, and you're just, hey, Dave had a good point there. Or Darren had an even better one, right? That's that's where we want our beer buddy. But, yes, we appreciate it, MWO. Hit that like, subscribe, ring the bell so you're notified and you don't miss us because we're bouncing around between Saturdays and Sundays. We want to go back two Saturdays is our normal time. However, next week, we will be on Sunday to wrap everything up. Why? Because the draft runs Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll be here Sunday to do the big wrap-up. But because we are part of Vikings First and Skull with Tyler Fornis, we're going to do wrap-up shows every night. But uh, or, you know, the daily what happened during the day. But the big wrap-up show will come on Sunday with us, your two old bloggers, pontificating on how well or how badly the Vikings did in this year's draft. <laughs> with that, that brings us from Joan Williams to theme three. Draft targets, the final volley. <laughs> As Davey would know, the term fire for effect, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dave, well, uh, this time next week, uh, this is going to be our last, uh, this is our last chance on the show to talk about like who the Vikings uh, get into, who the Vikings might draft. Uh, by this time next week, when we get, get on the show, we'll be talking about who the Vikings did draft. And you know, and we're only uh, you know five days away from the NFL draft, so I hope everybody's really excited. I am. I know you are. Uh, yeah. And you said there, and uh, 
and and uh, and you know first and first and school is going to be on it the whole the whole three four days so tune in if you can but uh i uh with that uh, i want to do uh, i just wanted Even to guess you can't yeah we'd uh, I've talked a lot, particularly in, in uh, the past few weeks. Uh, last week, we talked about the cornerback position and draft targets there, particularly on the second and third days of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked a, lo- a lot a bit about that. Uh, we've gotten into – in our positional analysis, we also talked about potential draft targets for all of those positions. But uh, I've um, – I-, I wanted to go over, I guess, some intriguing – uh, dra- draft eligible players that the Vikings have shown an interest in during the the draft process. Uh, some of these guys are playing at position. They play at positions that might not be like a huge look like a huge need for the Vikings. But if you look at the Vikings roster overall, and we've talked about this before, Dave, is that there's a lack of depth and young, upcoming, promising, and cheap talent at just about every positional now uh, positional unit. And I think that's something that that they've they've got to get better at they've got to address and the draft is one way to do that um so uh, i wanted to talk about a few players that just to keep an eye on uh over the next few days and and when the draft hits um the first one i get at is offensive line now that's actually a position that i think the vikings depth wise compared to other positions they're actually they're not in a bad not in bad shape no they're decent you got and they've got yeah. a full room already. So they do. They got you got all of you Udo besides the five starters that we have. You got you know backing up those five starters. You got Ali Udo and Blake Brandle are your you know, pitcher there. They're your two backup tackles. Both of them have starter experience, and in Ali Udo's case, uh, you know he's got considerable starting experience. And so right tackle and Brandle yeah, left and, tackle, and it's, yeah. it's a good thing. Yes. So you've got that. You've on the interior. You've got Chris Reed and Austin Slotman there as well. It can play center guard for you. We've got Vidarian Lowe, who's um, you know he was a rookie last year, but has you know, promising uh, late round pick. Someone who can play tackle, and there's mm-hmm. some thoughts that he could actually you could stick swing him in a in. guard as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. swing in. But I still think that the you know the Vikings could use, like I said, uh, a young guy to develop. Uh, with promising traits and one guy <laughs> who is that uh, who they have brought in that kind of um, uh, was noticeable to me was Anthony Bradford from LSU he is one of the, the the college players that the Vikings have had a top 30 visit with so they brought him to Egan for a day um, and the thing that sticks out with Bradford is he's a massive human being six five evident by the picture there the modified <laughs> picture there Look at that lower portion of yes. his body. He is a big man. He has power. And you want, when it comes to linemen, you don't want skinny hips and thin legs, right? It's not like a wide receiver that's built for speed and distance or even a quarterback, right, that plays off a wide receiver. No, you want somebody that can set an anchor that has as Tyler would put, sand in his pants. And as you can see there from this, you can imagine he has a lot of sand in his pants. This is a large human being. He weighed 335 at the NFL Combine, but there's been times in his his career where he was listed at 365. Like 365 is, 335 is humongous. 365 is 
beyond humongous. Uh, maybe a little bit too much weight on that case. So uh, Bradford got, got down, but uh, like you said, massive guy. He's a, and he's known as a mauler. He's a guy who can really put, you know, he'll, he'll demolish guys on, and particularly on run plays. Um, and um, so a physical guy also has a mean, nasty disposition on the field. He, he just, he's not a guy that is fun to play against. Uh, his weaknesses are that, as you could kind of guess, being so large like he is, moving laterally, he's he's poor, uh, from what I've read, and he that allows him to sometimes get exposed by quick interior pass rushers. He's he's got, but he, he's played at left tackle at LSU. He's played mostly at right guard in the two seasons that he played, uh, and he's also considered to be a left guard uh, potential as well. He's probably going to go inside mm-hmm. at the pro level. He's not going to play at tackle, but you know the, the Vikings again. That they, they're at left guard right now. You've got at left guard right now. You got Ezra Cleveland, and he's a good player, but he's he'll he'll be he's up for an extension. The Vikings have already invested a lot of high draft picks and in some cases a lot of ca- uh, cash in the offensive line. Are they going to be able to retain and pay Ezra what he wants to be paid next offseason? I think that's a, a question. So a guy like Bradford could be your backup plan there. Uh, and and last year, Kwesi Dofamensa, he picked Ed Ingram, Bradford's teammate, uh, and stuck him in and brought him in and he became our starting right guard teams sometimes like to double up um, and bring draftees uh, who have from the same uh, former schools. from the same school who were former teammates even to ease that transition of that rookie into a new place, a new team and a new team environment. So uh, I, you know, Bradford is a guy to, to maybe look at. He's projected to get drafted, I think in the fourth round thereabouts, and so somebody, I wouldn't say with the Vikings, particularly with the amount of draft picks they have right now, and and offensive line not being a huge need at this point, you wouldn't think that they'd be targeting offensive line. But generally, almost all teams pick offensive line, at least one offensive lineman in the draft. And uh, Bradford is is a guy who he could be a guy who you could have him sit for a year, uh, get him Chris Cooper coaching him up, and with the traits that he has put him inside at at guard and give him a year to marinate and develop. And then in 2024, he could be ready to start or at least play a a Ezra's replacement or something like that. Cause Ezra, we will get into Ezra later. Ezra very well playing on his last contract, whether they give him an extension or not. Good question. We don't know. We'll find out probably after the season. I Doubt they do an extension beforehand, but they might. Um, with Ezra, if he does play for this, is being his contract here, plays extremely well. Whether they do that or they go cheaper, this might be that fill in because we know Ezra was drafted as a tackle, wants to play tackle, could play tackle, and uh, he may want to see higher money elsewhere. So this might be a good choice to fill in and start filling in that we talked about it last week. We don't want to be where we have to draft for need all the time, right? Where we're having to fill holes because the roster is weak and we have no other choice. We want to be able to draft for, hey, 
a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, we're going to need somebody in this position. So let's bring in this dude that can be developed and be ready to take over when we get to that point. Bradford may be that guy. He might be that guy. Um, another uh, guy I wanted to highlight, this is at the quarterback position. Now, we've heard the talk about how, oh, will the Vikings trade up in the draft to get one of the top guys? Um, again, talk the succession plan for Kirk Cousins is needed. Nick Mullins is a solid backup, but he's considered a backup. He's not the succession plan for Kirk Cousins because he's, I think you're, you're most comfortable with Nick Mullins coming in for a game or two or three and That's keeping the ship afloat. Yeah, you don't want to be board holder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you probably don't want him to be your number one guy. Uh, so you need to draft a quarterback uh, to potentially that you can develop. Either maybe it's a top guy who can come play right away, or some somebody else. You, tr- if the Vikings trade up, of course, it's going to cost a lot. A lot of draft capital might even cost you a player or two. I, I don't know if the Vikings are ready to do that, but the other way they can go, of course, is you draft. One of the lesser tier, tier, the guys below the top three on day two or day three. One of the guys that that they could be targeted could be Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA. Um, he had uh, met with the Vikings. Uh, he had a formal interview with the Vikings at the NFL Combine. Um, so they are, have invested some time in him personally and He's a guy that like, he's not huge. He's 6'2", about 200 pounds or so. So not a big, big quarterback like Josh Allen or even Trey Lance. But, you know, he's not tiny. And, but he's extremely mobile. He's played, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's one of those modern day mobile quarterbacks who can make plays with his legs. Uh, something that we don't have with Kirk Cousins. And he's played a lot, a lot of college football. He's a five-year starter at UCLA. A great arm talent. He can make all the throws. The issues with him have been he's been uh, inaccurate throughout his career, although he did have a complete almost 70 percent of his passes this year at UCLA inaccurate. And his uh, pocket presence is 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 has been poor accuracy and pocket presence. I don't those are two things I think that are tough to fix. Uh, But again, if Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips, if they're the Dorian Thompson Robinson could be a guy. Looking at his traits, his ability to run, his strong arm, uh, his, his he's played a lot of football. They may say he's a guy, he's not going to have to start. We're not going to expect him to start in his first year or maybe even his second. But he's a guy that we can develop, uh, draft him later, de- develop him, develop him into my system. Kevin O'Connell, the former quarterback himself, uh, he, they may really think that Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a guy that they can work with and have ready to start in 2020, 2024 or 2025. And again, they have met with, had a former interview with him at the combine. So uh, there's some interest there. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and Dorian Thompson Robinson could be, uh, you know, a, a possible succession plan for Kirk Cousins. Um, after quarterback, looking at edge or outside, you know, outside linebacker, the Vikings have had um, a couple of guys that they've also met with, Nick Hampton from Appalachian State um, and Isaiah Land from Florida A&M. Uh, Hampton, the Vikings, met with him at uh, Hampton's Pro Day with Appalachian State, and Isaiah Land, was uh, uh, the Vikings uh, had brought him in 
to Egan for a top 30 visit. So here's a couple of, of uh, interesting cats, David. Um, the Vikings, again, right now, they've got a pretty full outside linebacker edge room, but you know that could change if Zedaria Smith leaves or Daniil Hunter gets traded or how that's all going to shake out. But the land and um, Hampton and Land are intriguing guys because they've been hugely productive as pass rushers at the, the college level, uh, but small school at the small school level. Like Hampton had 26.5 and a half sacks in his career at Appalachian State. Land had in 2021, Land had 19.5 sacks in the 2021 season. That's not a mistake. He almost had 20 sacks. Um, both of them. Uh, both of them are um, Hampton 6'2", Land's about 6'4". They both got very long arms. Hampton's got 34-inch uh, long arms. So they're they're tall, rangy, they're fast. Hampton ro- ran a 4.58.40 at the, the combine. Uh, Land was in the 4.6 range. But they're got, and they've got great motors. They hustle well. Uh, all Still out hustle. faster than Williams, the corner yeah, we that's, signed. That, that's true. the The issues with them is that uh, they are both uh, weighed in at the combine at 236 pounds, so pretty light for a guy who's going to be an edge rusher or an outside linebacker. And and the fact that they played at a small school and they're kind of light, uh, it's looking like they'll be drafted in the sixth or seventh round. But they're explosive, twitchy athletes. They're guys that you're not going to. They're, they're expected to get drafted in the sixth or seventh round of the NFL, uh, the NFL draft. I, they're just, they're interesting, intriguing candidates that you could, they could contribute on special teams right away. They're young. They won't cost much. And then you can work with, again, they take a year or two of seasoning, but they could again be guys that could play situational pass rushing roles, maybe in 2024 or 2025, when you don't have Zadarius Smith or you don't have DJ Wanham isn't around. Um, well, and so, they, and they sound very much like you put them in the DJ Wanham role where they come in on situational downs, pass rushing. They look like they're built for the traditional outside linebacker, not the edge rusher, not a traditional defensive end, four, three defensive end. Uh, that's, you know, two fifty on up. But the lighter, faster guys, the sideline to sideline, I can do this. I can set the edge. On top of that, I've got enough pass rushing moves. I'm fast enough. I can get to the quarterback on occasion. This sounds to me like a good plan when you're getting into those later rounds and you're wanting to fill the room, right, and possibly work, like I said before, not only filling in holes for this year, you want to be in the spot where you're filling in holes for next year and the year after and the year after. That's where we want to be. Um, these guys look great at it. Um, built, fast. I'm all for and, and uh, both both Hampton and Land and Dorian Thompson Robinson, all three of those guys played at either the Senior Bowl or the East-West Shrine Bowl. And as we talked about last week, eight of the ten draft picks – and last year's draft that Kwesi Dofa Mensa made, uh, eight of those 10 players played at one of those games. Uh, so they seem to like guys that play. Kwesi Dofa Mensa was looking for guys that played in those uh, those two senior games last year. And both, again, Hampton and Land and Dorian Thompson Robinson, a quarterback, did that. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, 
intriguing guys. And like you said, later in later in the in the round, you're you're kind of throwing some darts, right? You're taking some chances. You're looking for some maybe some unique players. And last year, Quasi Dovamensa, yeah, Quasi Dovamensa showed a willingness to play for. When I'm thinking about Hampton and Land, uh, and talking about how size might be an issue for them, uh, they they kind of have the builds that aren't the typical edge rusher builds. But Quasi Dovamensa took Brian Asamoah last year, who's got an atypical build for an inside linebacker, you know, six foot, I think he weighs around 230 as well. Right. So uh, Asamoah is a unique, interesting uh, athlete, football player, Land and Hampton are also all three of those guys that were super productive at the college level. Again, in the sixth or seventh round, uh, sometimes you want to throw some darts at some, some intriguing guys who got high upside and Hampton and Land could be, two guys to keep an eye on in the sixth round, or if we get a acquire seventh round pick, um, they, you know, the, the Vikings have invested time in these guys. Uh, they know that they can play special teams. They know that they need some work, but uh, intriguing talents to look at. Yes. I and agree. consider. That brings the us fi- to the final selection. And this guy is not going to be a day two or day three pick. Yeah, Jackson. Day Jackson Smith in Jigba, but um, I brought him up just because this week we learned that he uh, Smith and Jigba had a top thirty visit with the Vikings. Um, I've talked, we've talked about in the past that the Vikings, the wide receiver position is you got Justin Jefferson, and then you got KJ Osborne, but we don't really Osborne's going to be, is right now our number two wide receiver, but. Uh, is he really a number two wide receiver? Is that his best best role for him with his talent? I'm not too sure about that. Uh, the Vikings, I think, need to add some wide receiver, uh, should at least be considering adding to the wide receiver room because after KJ and Justin Jefferson, it's, you know, <laughs> it's uh, pretty iffy. Jalen Rager, Jalen Naylor, you know, I don't know. Uh, those are some unknowns there. So Jackson Smith and Jigba. He, the Vikings have also met with, uh, had a top 30 visit with Quentin Johnson from TCU. Uh, but Johnson's probably going to be picked before the Vikings are ready to draft at, at 23 if they stay there. Smith and Jigbo, with the injury issues he had last year, he barely played. And the fact he's not considered like a real fast burner wide receiver, he actually is a guy who could be there at 23 for the Vikings. <laughs> but, he's ex- but he's been promoted as or reported as by all the draft picks as the best route runner out of all the bunch that he is very good at doing that. We know how important that is. So whether he makes it to 23 or not is a different story, but I find it encouraging that the Vikings are looking at him in case he does. Yeah, and like you, you were you were alluding to it there, David. There's there's some guys that just know how to get open. They're just masters of their craft. And Smith and Jigba seems to be that kind of guy. Yeah, he doesn't run a four two or a four three, but he's he ain't slow. And uh, the last time he he kind of reminds me a bit of um, Amon Ra St. Brown from the Lions. St. Brown came in when he was drafted. The knock on him was that he ain't a burner, uh, but. All he's done, he's been just killing it in the NFL in his two seasons. So I think that Smith and Jigba could be highly, highly productive and effective at the NFL level. And I think he will be for whoever drafts him. Um, and the last time I saw him play, Dave, 
Uh, he had 15 catches for 347 yards and three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl against Utah in 2021. So if you can put up that kind of production, even at the college level, you must be pretty good. <laughs> so if he is there at 23 with the way the Vikings wide receiver room is right now, he'd be tough, very, very tough to pass up, I think. Mm-hmm. I, it's Yeah, it would, it would make a good matchup with uh, Justin Jefferson on the other side without a doubt, and if he's there, it's going to be hard not to pull the trigger on that. Um, it's going to be interesting, 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 interesting. Hey, I want to thank everybody that's joined us today. We've got some great comments going, and folks that have studied the film and talked about it. Um, Darren, Gordon, Nicole, Colin, you brought in a couple of nice Small school kids liked it. Uh, I do too. Whether crazy goes with small school, we have to. We have to wonder. Now we had uh, the great Arif Hassan on earlier this week. I think it was Thursday night with Tyler. He talked about that whole. He only picks from the you know the top five conferences. That may be a coincidence. And not a pattern, and we'll find that's out. what that's what happened last year, Dave. Like you said, all, yeah. all of his the ten picks were from the, the you know the power conferences: Clemson, Georgia, LSU, North Carolina, Michigan State, Illinois, and on and on it went. But yeah, that was his first draft. I don't know if that's a, if that's what he favors, if it was a trend or a mere coincidence. And we'll find out if that's a trend because the other one is he likes. Folks with a 90% RAS, right, that are 90% in their athletic ability, we'll find out if that's the case too. And also another one is you like six-foot-plus corners. We'll see if those trends continue. I mean, it's one draft does not really make a trend, but it does show us – it gives us that starting point. Let's see where it goes yes. from there. So, And that brings us to the end of this episode of two old bloggers now what do you expect thursday night since we are in draft week what do you expect i've said before i'll say it again i'm expecting that uh, we won't be seeing witnessing a vikings draft pick on on thursday night that they're going to trade out of that spot and accumulate more picks and day two is going to be when the vikings draft really starts in earnest and when we actually start selecting players who are going to be Vikings in for the 2023 season. That's mm-hmm. it very well could be. Um, Colin asks, what do we think of uh, Caleb Murphy? Murphy? I don't know. I haven't looked into him. I couldn't answer that. What I think is going to happen this week, I think is there's going to be talk of this and talk of that as the smoke gets thicker. Uh, being <laughs> yeah. prior service, knowing what a uh, armored brigade can do when they start throwing smoke, I think that's exactly what the teams are doing, and we won't find out till Thursday. Could the Vikings trade up and get a quarterback? Yes. Would that be a smart move? Yes. Could they sit and wait to see how the draft board falls to them and then grab somebody like Majigba? Yes. Would that be smart? Yes. 
with the top quarter drafting or one of the top quarters drafting at 23 and scoop them up. Say Banks. Yes, that would be smart. Would sitting there and dropping out of the first round or too late in the first round, accumulating more picks be possible? Yes. Those answers are all yes. Now, Quasi says he's going for impact players. We brought this up a show or two ago. He wants impact players, and he doesn't want to trade down and get two or three players that don't equal that one impact player. So is that an insight as to what he's going to do? We're going to have to find out on Thursday. Now, being that it's draft week, I can tell you that Tyler Fornis and the Real Forner Show will go on as scheduled on Monday. We will probably record on Tuesday. We will have another live Tyler Forner Show on Wednesday. And then Thursday, during the draft, Tyler is obviously busy with Vikings, uh, Vikings Wire. He will also be hopping into Score North's reaction. But hmm. we will do some live shows as well where we'll pop in with reactions. If not, at the end of each round, you'll get Tyler, the great Darren Campbell, and myself hopping in and commenting on the day's activities. And then next Sunday at 4 o'clock the same time, you'll get Darren and I as we take our old multi-year wisdom and apply it to what Quazy did over the draft. We'll see how it goes. Everybody's talking about trade up, trade down, smash that like button. We appreciate it all. Any last words there, Darren? Nope, Dave. Just waiting for Thursday to arrive. Mm -hmm. Waiting for Thursday and Vikings first in school. We'll be covering it. We hope you all have a great week. And what do we say? Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And rate us on your favorite podcast aggregator. Darren and Dave, thank you for watching this episode of Two Old Bloggers. We look forward to seeing you on every show on the new Vikings First and Skull. You can find our podcasts as part of the Fans First Sports Network. Sports takes for the fan, from the fan. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.